Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today. Ben Dobbin with you this morning, the 12th of February. A very good morning to everybody throughout the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers, West FM and the Hot Country Network. A very good morning to everybody listening this morning. We've got a big show and it's very, very important that you guys listen this morning. It's all about the Great Artesian Basin. AgForce have come out over the course of the weekend and been very strong. We're going to talk with Mike Gearin around the decision of the Environmental Minister, Tanya Plibersek, to allow uh, potentially um, life-damaging carbon dioxide into the Great Artesian Basin, which would ruin the livelihoods, potentially, of thousands and thousands of businesses. David Littleproud will join us. Colin Boyce will join us and much, much more. It's a big show. We're focusing on that today. This is Rural Queensland today. It is Monday morning, Super Bowl Monday if you're in Australia, the 12th of February. Let's get into it. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Let's start the show. Mike Gearin is the CEO of AgForce and we have a huge issue. Before Christmas, we talked about it a lot. Colin Boyce was very strong about it, and we were just sort of holding our breath to wait and see. But it is official now that the Environment Minister, Tanya Plibersek, has and is reviewing an application from Glencore to pump carbon dioxide into the Great Artesian Basin. Now, the long-term effects of this are detrimental. You want to talk about, you know, something like the Great Barrier Reef, well, this is what the Great Artesian Basin is. It is absolutely paramount to the livelihood of people, men and women and families, in the agricultural sector here in Australia. Mike Gearin, AgForce CEO, joins me this morning. Let's start from the beginning, mate. When did this come about for you to know that she was going to reassess it? I know you've spoken countless times to her, but it looks like it has gone to waste because she hasn't listened. It, it looks like it, Dobbo, but AgForce would love to avoid the federal court and just have the minister revoke the 9th of February 2022 decision. The minister has the power to do that. And at its core, Dobbo, as you said, Glencore are proposing to pump industrial waste into the Great Artesian Basin. It's as simple as that. Uh, and let there be no doubt uh, that if this proposed pilot goes ahead it's also not reversible, Dobbo. So it damages our ancient reliable water resource, uh, the Great Artesian Basin. Um, you cannot simply reverse that process. So we're now two years into an approvals process, apparently weeks away from a final decision by the state government, uh, and there is a chance that Glencore will be approved to pump that industrial waste into the Great Artesian Basin. It's so, something we just can't afford to happen. So the state government now has the overbearing power for hearing here in Queensland. Tam, Tanya Plibersek has reassessed it, and now it goes to the state. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, so there's two levels of approval for a an application such as this, Dobbo. The first is through the federal government under the EPBC Act. Yep. The EPBC Act uh, obligates the government to consider matters of national environmental significance in the proposal, MNES, as it's called. Uh, that decision was made in February 22, and we believe it was wrong, but the federal minister has the ability to revoke that decision and reconsider it, and we've provided the information to allow her to do that. However, once that approval is in place, 
and assuming it stays in place, the second approval required for this application is at the state government level and under the EIS or Environmental Impact Statement process. That is most of the way through and we expect a decision on that in the next weeks or months. Dobbo, if that decision goes in Glencore's favour, then that's it, they have the approval. We can seek injunctive relief, but it'll cost us millions of dollars because they'll go as damages, Dobbo. We must leave no stone unturned in ensuring the application is not approved. And the best way to do that right now is to seek to have the 2022 federal decision revoked. Leanne Lennart is the Environmental Minister um, in here in Queensland. I mean... Have you, you, you? We've had other issues with her this year already. I mean, one being the potential sale of Vergemont and the opal industry, and the fact that the government's buying country all around Winton that backs onto national parks and closing down. But can you talk to her about this? Like, if they're that big on the environment, if they're that hell bent on making sure that the environment remains safe, I mean, the science doesn't lie, Mike. One point seven million square kilometre basin that covers 22% of the continent, will be caused irreparable harm. If this goes ahead, that is fact. That can't be denied. So I just don't understand how that they can see that this is a good thing and how they can even entertain this situation. Imagine, Bobo, if the broader Australian public became aware that we were planning on pumping industrial waste into Sydney Harbour or the um, Great Barrier Reef. The uproar would be unanimous. Oh, Yet we have something equally as precious and we're two minutes away. But to your question, Bobbo, and not in defence of the state government, but the fact is we are now stuck in a process where the Department of Environment and Science must consider this application against environmental standards. So the politicians have to and are required to stand back from that process. So they have no input. They sit and wait like we do for the outcome of the decision. And that is, again, why we're seeking to have this taken back to the federal government, because the federal minister can revoke the original decision, which would mean the state uh, environmental consideration needs to be put on hold. Uh, It's just the way probity works, Dobbo, that everyone needs to stand back and wait for that decision from the Department of Environment and Science. They will make that on the information they have, both from Glencore Yep. and the submissions that people like us have made. So that's a difficulty with it, Dobbo. What a We're nightmare. Talking... What a nightmare. Seriously. I mean, this is the last thing you need to be fighting in a year where there's so much garbage going on. Now you're trying to have to protect. I mean, I have to say this. Where's the NFF? I mean, I know you can't comment on this. David Littleproud, I'm going to ask him as well. Why, have, why is there so much push? I mean, Colin Boyce is going to join us. I mean, but there has been ministers, and, and Susan McDonald comes on this show regularly. She was supportive of this for a long time. I haven't spoken to her. She, she'll be back this Friday. But, I mean, this needs to be a united front, and we need to go public on this. I mean, at no point can this be a sustainable future for agriculture if they're doing this. It, it, you know, it, it is absolutely catastrophic, the damage it will cause. Oh, and irreversible. Dubbo, for thousands of years that industrial waste will be circling around the Great Artesian Basin. Um, and that's the reason AgForce went public on this on Saturday, Dobbo. The court of public opinion is really important. 
we will go to the federal court if we need to and the decision's not revoked and we've got legal counsel preparing us for that. The conversation with the broader public is really important. And to your point about unity, Dobbo, there were a few Ag Force members who became aware of our work middle of last year who have donated strongly financially to the work we've done so far. Yep. So Ag Force is underwriting it. But wherever we go, Dobbo, when we lay out the detail, people are universally supportive. Within a week, we'll put out a larger um, invitation for people to contribute or donate to this. Sure. We believe we'll have a large response to well, that. Well, we're going to have uh, to. This is a chance. This is a chance for industry to unite to your question, Dobbo, and that's what Ag Force is asking. That we all unite. Um, we ask Minister Plibersek to revoke the decision, and then we sit down with the federal government and work out the policy settings required to ensure the Great Artesian Basin is never again put at risk. This is just something you don't need to have to fight for, um, but this is the priority now, right? Yeah, the absolute priority, Dobbo. Within weeks, if that EIS decision drops in favour of Glencore, we have um, the ability to go to court and seek injunctive relief. But if we do that, Dobbo, the costs the costs Glencore Jeez. can put on us, given we're stopping an approval, uh, are huge. It's a multinational mining behemoth, uh, and it will be very difficult to do. It is more. It is much better to have the federal decision revoked now and a reconsideration of the policy settings. And that's the reason Ag Force has gone out as strongly as it has over the weekend. We have no choice. We cannot sit on our hands and hope the EIS decision goes our way. Uh, it is not good enough, given what's at risk. Appreciate your time this morning. Very, very strong, uh, Michael. I really appreciate it. Mike Gearin, we're going to talk with David Littleproud. As I said, he's joining us next. And then, obviously, Colin Boyce. Our focus today is all about this issue after it's come forth and just the, the enormity of it um, is very, very important. Thanks so much for being with us this morning. We will talk again in the next coming weeks, and obviously there's a Thanks. lot going on, but we really appreciate your what you're doing. And if anybody ever questions the importance of Ag Force at the moment, this is the reason why this advocacy group, you have to become a member because we actually need to have a united front with things like this. Thanks so much, Mike. Thanks, Dobby. Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. It is the 12th of February across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Well, we'll go now to the leader of the national parties, David Littleproud. Uh, I am going to get to the carbon dioxide, the liquefied carbon dioxide going into the Great Artesian Basin. David, good morning. Thanks so much for being with us, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Mate, I've got to start this chat, and um, I'll just pull the Band-Aid off straight away. Yeah. Uh, Barnaby Joyce and last week, you know, caught drunk, passed out on a pavement. Um, uh, uh, mate, there's no ju- judgment for getting on the drink. I think everybody listening to us at some stage has done that. But when we're 18 months out from a, an election and we're doing everything we possibly can to rid what is just an absolute disaster of a government at the moment, what they're doing... We need to be squeaky clean. I mean, as the leader, he's a member, he's a former leader of the National Party. Can I just get some take on it from you? Because, uh, you know, for me, I was more pissed off, and I'll say that, that he'd done that and put the National Party, because then we all get we all get blanketed with the same sort of opinion. Ah, oh, look at this, Barnaby, here's the National Party again. Yeah, mate, look, this isn't normal behaviour. And uh, my first conversations with him was to get an explanation as to what actually happened. And secondly, to also make sure that he's okay. 
sure. now he's he's not back in Canberra until later today, so I'll have another conversation with him when he gets here. Uh, but um, that sort of behaviour is something that we don't expect uh, from our MPs. We've all had a drink before and had one or two too many, uh, but you know to that extent. Um, that is that is a problem, and I need to make sure that we've got an environment around him that he's okay, and understand the circumstances. And uh, I'm not going to judge until the circumstances and some of the circumstances that he's already portrayed to me are personal of nature, and um, I need to respect that uh, and just work through that. But uh, in essence, um, you know, Barnaby, uh, even though being a former leader, has a standard to live up to. Uh, in fact, has a high one because he's been a leader. And we'll just make sure that uh, there's an understanding of the circumstance and making sure that there's an environment around him, uh, that he doesn't doesn't need any more support. And if he does, he'll get it. And then we'll work through the circumstances from there. Were you annoyed? Oh, we don't need this. I mean, it's not a good look. Uh, you, you can't say that's a good look in any way, shape or form. Yeah, uh, I mean, we've all been there. I'm not going to lie. I, I mean, anybody no, no, listening to I'm us is no saying to me that they, people will be listening, going, "Dobbo, we know what you've done in the past <laughs> throughout the bush." But when you have that exactly. title and when you live in that area and you are there and you know that the media, the woke, the far left are all waiting, they're looking for something. You just, mate, if that's your jam, do it behind closed doors. Like, just it just. Yeah. It just, um, I suppose, I suppose, all the work we're doing, we don't want to be tarnished by, you know, Barnaby getting on the drink and being passed out on the pavement on the phone, dropping C bombs. And I mean, no, I can understand, and, 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 and I can understand, that. I can understand, like it could happen. But I just, am, I'm like, you just don't need it, David. No, we don't. And and look, uh, I, I'm no saying either. I've had a few big nights on the on the town as well. But uh, the reality is this: is we want to focus on on what Albanese is doing in this country, it, it doesn't help when this sort of narrative runs around. Um, and, and Barnaby's aware of that and he knows his, his responsibilities. But we'll work through the circumstance and, and obviously there's some public comment around medication and, uh, and the mix that uh, he, he may not have been totally aware of the impacts, but we'll work through that. Uh, but we, we are still focused on making sure we get rid of this government. Um, this is a side blimp and a sideshow, uh, and unfortunately, uh, Barnaby will just have to, to wear it, and we'll move on, and we'll move on with what's important to Australians, and particularly regional Australians, yeah. who've been the greatest victims of this Albanese government. Well, it just gets better and better. We just t- spoke to Mike Gearan, the CEO of AgForce, and we're going to lead today's show predominantly around this topic, and we talked about it just before I went on break at Christmas time, and that is the Environmental Minister, Tanya Plibersek, you know, to make sure and give, and she's looking at now Glencore's proposal to dump carbon dioxide waste into the aquifers of the Great Artesian Basin. Now, we spoke to Colin Boyce at length about this. We spoke to Mike Gearan before Christmas, and we've just spoken to, to the CEO again, and he has said that he will put his entire balance sheet on the line to stop Glencore or any other giant business to contaminate the underground water storage. Now, I can't believe that we've got to this, that the Environmental Minister, Tanya Plibersek, would even allow this to happen. I understand the nationals are opposed to it. The local communities who have had meetings with their local members have all expressed complete dismay, and yet Tanya Plibersek says, well, we're going to have a look at it. You know, we're, 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 we're not exactly sure. We think that they're going. To, it's going to be okay. Now, this could be detrimental 
And, and, and it's a starting point, David, for me. It's, okay, they allow this. They allow pumping liquefied carbon dioxide byproduct into coal, or like, you know, into the aquifer. Well, we're in a hell of a, hell of a mess. Yeah, and, and look, Cold Boys and I actually tried to force the government before Christmas. We moved a, a amendment to what would they call the EPBC bill. The EB, EPBC Act actually is around environmental protection of biodiversity conservation. And what that means is that environmental assets of national significance should have uh, the minister's right of veto. So we tried to give Tanya Plabersek the right of veto because... I would have thought the Great Artesian Basin is an environmentalist asset of national significance. Uh, they disagree with us. Same, fact, as, the Great Barrier Reef. Same as the Great Barrier yeah, Reef. No different. Exactly. No different. And, 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 and astonishingly, the Greens also voted against this as well, um, which we can't understand. But there's some work today that Cole Boyce and I, uh, and, and Cole has been tenacious on this. Uh, there's actually an order of production of documents in the Senate that we're trying to get. And what that is, is uh, scientific analysis by CSIRO around this. And, and this is the thing is, what I would say to Glencore and everyone else, if you are so confident in the science, then all the science should be on the table. The fact that we are having to get an order of production of documents from the government to give us a look at the scientific analysis by CSIRO, then something's not right. And you're going to erode any, any goodwill and any social license you have if you are not open and transparent and you should be encouraging the government to, to, to table that CSIRO report so that we can see and the community can see and get confidence or lack thereof in the scientific grounding of what they're proposing. That's just, that's just good governance. So the fact that we're going to have to have a vote in the Senate for this is astonishing. So um, hopefully today we'll be able to get that through and then we'll see uh, that, that report, that CSIRO report, the initial report into what was planned there, uh, and so we can get a real understanding. But this is important that <clears throat> that federal and state governments understand their responsibility. Well, she's they made some poor people's lives. She's made some poor decisions. Um, you know, we, we know about in 2022 the the former environment minister had made legal error about not acknowledging Adani's proposed Sutter River harvest, and we we understand all that. But where's where's Murray Watt in all this? Where's the ag minister? Like, I'm being serious, David. When you were agricultural minister, even though this is under the Tanya Plibersex, you would have been front and centre scrapping for your people. Where is Murray Watt in all of this? Well, Murray Watt's not interested in agriculture. He's interested in being the emergency services minister, but he's not interested in being agriculture minister. You have to look at his record. Yeah, he, he didn't. He didn't stand up to Tanya Plibersek on taking on changing the Murray Darling Basin Plan and taking another four hundred and fifty gigalitres of water off us. He didn't stand up uh, and, and to stop live sheep being banned. Yeah. Um, he, he could have had the courage. You can't even explain why he's banning that. He's about to impose to put legislation this week to put a biosecurity tax on Australian farmers to pay for the biosecurity costs of our foreign competitors to bring their product to this country. I mean, what parallel universe does a government charge their own farmers to help their competitors come in and put their product on the shelf next to them? It's abs- This guy is, is a litigation lawyer from the Gold Coast. He's got no interest in agriculture, and, and he's been run over by Tanya Plobersek, who is more powerful than him in Cabinet. Um, he just took agriculture because that was his pathway into Cabinet. Yep. It wasn't because he had a passion for it. It was just that he saw well, he knew nothing that about was it. how he got into Cabinet. But unfortunately, we're paying the bill for this. 
and and Murray White, and I've got to say, it's not just uh, I, I commend Ag Force, but the NFF need to stand up. They actually have, I think it's nearly a six hundred million dollar fighting fund. They should actually be stepping in, not poor old Ag Force who who wouldn't have. Uh, no, they've got nowhere near the money. But my gear, with. my Gearin's made it very NFF, clear. NFF should actually take the fight up financially for Ag Force and say, we'll cut the check. We've got a fighting fund here. Um, we'll give you the support on this to, to take this to court. That's what the fighting fund was set up for. That's why everyone put that money in so many years ago for circumstances like this to protect farmers. So good on Ag Force, but I think it's now time for NFF to stand up and say, we'll fund it. National leader David Littleproud joining us this morning on Rural Queensland today. We're going to take a break, come back with more shortly. He'll continue as we talk about the Great Artesian Basin and it's under threat due to Glencore's application to pour carbon dioxide waste into the aquifer. David Littleproud is our guest this morning. He'll be joining us again shortly. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Our guest is the Nationals Minister and Leader, David Littleproud, joining us as we sort of march towards the mayor elections. I'm going to talk to Colin Boyce very shortly as well. David, one more thing. This boat that's moored outside Fremantle with all these sheep at the present moment, where are we with that? I mean, I I, I spoke with Mark Harvey Sutton last week. He was scathing, scathing, and rightly so, in the attacks towards um, the government just around the way that they had treated everybody around this live export industry. But this is a disgrace. They turned back because of security reasons, and rightly so, and now they're being made out like they're criminals. Yeah, yeah. Mate, there was missiles being pointed at this boat, uh, and the crew, quite right, rightfully, turned around and came back. Now, uh, there's been some, uh, some cattle have been taken off and they've been processed. But I had a briefing from the department last week, and effectively, there'll be another application uh, to send the, that consignment, but to go around the bottom, around Cape Horn, around uh, South Africa, and up. Now, that's a 60-odd day voyage rather than the normal 20-odd. And so they'd need to make sure that they've got um, everything in place to, to ensure that, that. Yeah. And so they can do that. It won't be an issue. But uh, I'm also writing to the to the uh, Charities Commissioner because Animals Australia and the fringe groups have have actually they're getting they're getting charitable donations and they get a tax deduction from the tax man for the Australian taxpayer and that and I don't think their conduct is befitting of a charity and so I'll be writing to the charities commissioner saying that their conduct should be reviewed and it's not in line with the principles of a charity and that they and that their charitable status should be reviewed and revoked uh, and look the moral <laughs> they are morally bankrupt Animals Australia I challenge them and I've said this so many times publicly. Go go and get a photo. You're so good at getting photos of animal mistreatment. Go into Sudan. Go into Ethiopia. And I don't think you'd have to, to sneak, in, sneak in. You, you could get them quite easily. Go onto one of their boats and have a look at the treatment of animals on a Sudanese or Ethiopian boat that are going to these markets. And we'll go to these markets if we're not there. And go and, and we can show you and you can see it. Anyone can see the vision of what happens on these sheep and cattle boats now. It's transparent. So if we're not there... These, these people are morally bankrupt. They're prepared to say, oh, we want to shut this down in Australia, but they'll, we don't care about the welfare of a sheep or a cow from yeah. Ethiopia or Sudan. They'll take yes. our market. Who, who are these people? I mean, they are, they are morally bankrupt. They yeah. sit there and profess and drip with sanctimony about how good they are because they look after animals' welfare, but they're valuing the welfare of sheep of Australia over that of some other country. 
they are morally bankrupt. They shouldn't be listened to, I'm with um, you. and they are abhorrent organisations. I'm with you. I'm with you. You couldn't have said it any better. I, I, I'm not even going to get to how since 2011 nobody has been compensated yet for that disaster with the live expert. Yeah. I mean. I'm going to try and get David Conley on this week as well, but I mean that—that that, that to me is the most embarrassing. That just shows where they're at, um, and there's a yeah. lot of questions that need to be asked and will be asked in a long period of time. Really appreciate you giving me some time today. You were strong on everything, mate. Thank you so much, and uh, have a good week in Canberra. No doubt that there'll yeah. be a lot to fight for, uh, but the big issue that we have about the protecting the Great Artesian Basin is where our focus, primary focus, is this morning on rural Queensland today, and. As the leader of the National Party, we know at least that you are not going to allow this just to go uh, go down swinging. Um, we're making sure that you're going to absolutely fight for it, and we really appreciate it. Too easy, mate. Thanks for having me. Good on you, David Little, proud Nationals leader. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. Well, Roma was awash with Reds, and I tell you what, it was a really good victory. Four try first half over the Queensland Reds to set up a confidence boosting 32 points to seven victory over New South Wales Waratahs in Roma on Saturday night. Big crowd. It was a great weekend. Uh, Les Kiss obviously would have been very happy and it was only a trial and, and that's right. Um, February 24 we'll see round one at Suncorp Stadium. But this same team um, obviously has been building. Uh, they had a, a really hard loss the week before against the Western Force. But the game was part of the Santos Festival of Rugby that started and it was huge. Hunter Basami, that try that we saw that when he went down that Western touchline was unbelievable. Um, there was a lot to like about what happened. Um, there was new coach, Wallabies coach Joe Smith. He was in Roma, which was good to see. But the big thing is that there was a lot of people there um, that put on really strong performances. Tom Liner made his comeback. Teenage Harry McLaughlin-Phillips played strongly, um, and that was good that he was back there. The Reds, 32 points to seven over the New South Wales Waratahs, and well done to Richard Brighton, to everybody involved from the Roma Echidnas who were able to put on a spectacle for people to attend to. Um, there was lots to like as well over the course of the weekend as well, and, and well done, and I'm going to try and talk to everybody here um, about this. It was a really strong, um, I suppose, in a lot of ways, it's been coming for a while, but the Brisbane Broncos have, rightly so, merged with Drought Angels. That's their official partner. They've joined with the Brisbane Broncos as their official charity partner for 2024. Now, J- Jason Law is the CEO. Um, the corporate partnership manager, Lizzie Randall, were there in attendance two weeks ago. I'm going to talk to Tash Johnson because she's the founder of this and it was quite unbelievable what, what has gone on. I just want to say to everybody else that this is one of the great stories of the bush. The work that Drought Angels has done cannot be even mentioned how how unbelievable they have been for rural and regional Queensland. And for now, the Broncos, to make them their charity partner this year, speaks volumes of where they've come. Well done um, for everybody. Finalists announced for the Rural Women's Award, four Queenslanders 
making positive contributions to rural and regional communities are in the running for the 2024 Agri-Futures Rural Women's Award. This year's winner will receive $15,000 Westpac grant to represent Queensland at the national announcement in September where they have the chance to win an additional $20,000 grant. Kylie Hollands from Toowoomba manufactures and specialises in supplying products, mainly oats and oat-based for people with food allergies and special diets. She is one of them. Natasha Cox from Gladstone runs a charity that provides immediate help to farmers and farming communities when and however they need it through financial support, mental health support to their families and disaster relief for farm visits. Kate LaMason from Cairns has a sustainable and preserved tuna business that sells Australian caught and canned tuna. It's the first tuna-based business to be established since all other tuna canning went offshore. And Louise Nicholas from Townsville is creating an engagement to networking initiative education attached high school students to the agricultural sector. We will try and get all these... Um, Ladies on, these absolute superstars. Uh, the winner will be announced on the 13th of March. Uh, two other Queenslanders, Emily McNair from Quilpie and Belinda Pooley from Yamundi, have been named as two of the seven national recipients, recipients of the Ag Futures Rural Women's Acceleration Grant. What a great story. Mark Ferner, the Ag Minister, obviously announced this. We'll try and talk to him as well, but... Those four young ladies, um, Kylie Hollands, Natasha Cox, Kate Mason, and Louise Nichols, uh, congratulations, and also to Emily McNair from Quilpie and Belinda Pooley from Yamundi, congratulations and well done. Uh, there, there is a lot going on. Um, Kunamala, um, Tanya Osborne had to be inducted into the Queensland Rugby Hall of Fame. This was a great story out of Kunamala, and the Reds did that. And well done. Um, I should have mentioned that at the very start. She was a Wallaroo and a Queensland Red in the 90s. And she also helped establish the women's rugby team in Roma for the first time in 1994. She has been, will be one of three Queenslanders named to join the QRU Hall of Fame at the season launch Long Lunch this Friday in Brisbane at the Convention Centre. She was raised in Cunnamulla in outback Queensland. She played rugby league until the Roma Kidnans women team hooked her passion when it was established in 94 and she used to drive nearly um, two hours to the closest game to try and get a game. From Roma to, to Toowoomba is almost five hours and she did that many times. She'd drive up from Brisbane to Toowoomba. She made a Wallaroo debut the same year against the Black Ferns She's an absolute icon. She was based as an artillery private at the Inaugural Barracks at the time and she will be inducted into the Queensland Rugby Union Hall of Fame this Friday at their season launch. From Cunnamulla, eh? She was the QRU Women's Cap number 12, Tanya Osborne. She will be the 2024 inductee. What a phenomenal story. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today.
Welcome back once again. Uh, we're going to continue along this line um, with what the major topic is this morning, and that is uh, Ag Force coming out publicly on Saturday and making it very clear that they will take legal action if the Great Artesian Basin has uh, carbon dioxide poured into it from Glencore. Now, this is not the first time we've touched on this. This is really not. This bloke, Colin Boyce, the member for Flynn, has been ap- absolutely spearheading this. Um, since last year. He joins me this morning. Colin, good morning. Um, to say that you're not surprised, um, I don't think you would be surprised by the behaviour of Tanya Plibersek on this issue, but gee whiz, we're getting to the serious point right now, and it is a really, really important week for the nationals and for the agricultural sector to try and get this amendment revoked from 2022. Oh, absolutely, Ben, and good morning, uh, good morning, listeners. Uh, you're dead right. It's getting to the pointy end of the decision-making process here, particularly with the uh, Queensland Environment Office, who uh, has uh, has to have a uh, decision on this uh, in the coming months. Um, obviously, uh, we're doing everything we can to uh, have this uh, proposal to pump. Uh, possibly millions of tonnes of hypercritical CO2 fluid into the waters of the Great Artesian Basin stopped. It is just uh, chronic madness that makes no sense whatsoever. Uh, again, uh, we're doing everything we can. Ag Force, uh, all of those producer bodies are uh, uh, coming out and making statements and uh, we're being supportive as much as we can. I've had a lot of correspondence back and forth between Plebisec's office to get this whole decision from the EBPC office overturned. Uh, Why won't she overturn no. it? Why won't she overturn it? If she's such an environmentalist that we know she is, and we've seen what she said, and we've had meetings with her, and people have spoken to her, this is the science doesn't lie on this. It just doesn't lie. Why would she allow this to continue on? This is what I don't understand. Um, it's well, a so, deadly so- game that she's playing. Uh, absolutely, and it makes hypocrites of them all, including the Greens. So just for the uh, benefit of the listeners, uh, the uh, uh, EBPC office and uh, the uh, regulations do not uh, offer any protection to the waters of the Great Artesian Basin unless they are affected by coal or gas uh mining operations and this is why we moved those amendments late last year to the EBPC Act to enact the water trigger in respect to uh, carbon sequestration into uh, water aquifers and it was rejected both by the government and by the Greens. Are you serious? Why would they reject it? The the Greens rejected it, the woke rejected it. uh, Absolutely and this is the whole point to all of this and and, uh, the Greens need to be held to account for this. Um, they are uh, hypocrites on a monumental scale when it comes to things like this. Uh, and as you know, the, the Great Artesian Basin is, is uh, unique. It is uh, an asset that we need to protect at all costs. Unbelievable. I, I, I am absolutely blown away by the fact that this has even got to it. How frustrated are you, Colin? I mean, you you were the one who took the hit up on this early. I mean, you had people reaching out to you with deep concerns. You had other members of your party that weren't interested, particularly interested in taking on this fight, and you put your neck on the line when no one else would. And David came in on it. He understood it once he got the signs of it. He's backed you 100%. 
and you've been found to be right. You've been found to be 100% on the money there. This is a deadly game, and how frustrated are you now that it's this far down the track? Well, again, uh, that's the nature of politics, and uh, in respect to uh, getting to where I've got to now, uh, I'm an old ringer, as many of you know, and uh, it's a bit like mustering cats to get everybody to go through the uh, uh, go through the gate, if you like. Um, I would suggest to the listeners that you lobby extensively uh, whoever represents you in politics in the Queensland uh, government arena, because they need to understand how important this is for agriculture. Yeah, it's a deadly game. If it if it goes through. Um and you, it's with the Environmental Office in Queensland now, we don't believe that Tanya Plibersek will overturn the legislation. So it's now in the hands of the Queensland Environmental Office, and that is, you know, you know, Rafferty's rules on that. Can we lobby them with science? Can they look at that science and, and make sure that, you know, it is potentially, you know, stuff that they – it's irrefutable evidence? Well, look, Glencore have openly stated – in their EIS statements that they will compromise the receiving groundwater and they cannot meet the environmental regulations as they stand now and that's why they need them changed. Um, you know, it's it's there in black and white uh, in Glencore's own statements um, and, and uh, that's the most frustrating thing about it. Uh, we do have um, uh, some uh, stuff going on in Senate estimates this week in respect to... Uh, the whole issue and uh, that'll come to light as we go on during the week. Um, I just would say, and I'd say this, this is the last thing that everybody needs to be wasting time and money on and it's a priority and why all this is going on, we've got other issues that we need to fight and it's just a bloody real shame that it's got to this but gee whiz, I'm thankful blokes like yourself, Colin, are involved in this. It really is so important. Really appreciate your time this morning. Have a good week in uh, in Canberra. Uh, it's the last place I'd want to be, mate. Uh, member for Flynn, Colin, boys. Appreciate your time. Yeah, well, good morning, Ben, and good morning, listeners. Thanks, mate. We'll talk. Take a break. Come back. Rural Queensland today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Hope you've enjoyed the show. Bill McDonald joins you next. Have a great day, Queensland. And remember, when the weed is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. We'll be back tomorrow morning from 9am on Rural Queensland today. Jump on our Facebook page, give us a like, go to Spotify, download any of the episodes that you would like to listen to. We love the fact that we can represent you every single day here in this great state of Queensland, and especially in rural Queensland. Stay safe on the roads. Till next time, from everybody here, it's bye for now.